listening to the OK Fame Show, the premier place for all your professional wrestling news and needs. Now, here's Connor, a.k.a. OK Fame. What's going on, everybody? It's yours truly, Connor, a.k.a. OK Fame here. Welcome, guys, to the September 10th edition of the OK Fave Show. Of course, right here on YouTube.com slash OK Faber. Wherever you guys are hearing us on all major audio podcasting platforms, we're on Anchor, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, Spotify, and, of course, also on Facebook and Twitch. Thank you so much for tuning in as we're going to recap what went down on the Monday Night Raw. It's the go-home show before Clash of Champions, Stone Cold Steve Austin walked in a mud hole, and did he indeed stomp it dry? Did he open up cans of whoop-ass, or did he save them for maybe a more special occasion, like bar mitzvah or graduation or some other weird shenanigans? But thank you guys so much for tuning in again. This is the September 10th edition of the OK Fabe Show. A very, uh, um, a very odd ending and a very odd overall Raw. Uh, first time back in Madison Square Garden in over a decade as we saw a 10-man tag team match close out the show. Not necessarily something that I think um, would really merit the whole build going into Clash. I'm telling you, the build for Clash of Champions has not really impressed me so far um, on either side, truth be told. There are some exceptions and there are some things that were really enjoyable from Raw tonight, which I will get into a little bit. Um, but overall, Raw just felt very um, scatterbrained. It just felt like it didn't really put a lot of um, hype emphasis on focus on really anything i was expecting it to and i have some ideas that i think will ultimately affect clash of champions uh which i'm sure they'll announce either tomorrow on Sm or sorry tonight on smackdown live uh or maybe later on on like twitter or wherever various social media they have but definitely a bizarro monday night raw uh heading into the clash of champions pay-per-view where every single championship is on the line of course i want you guys to chime in as well let me know your thoughts on all this hit me up in the comment section hit me up on social media on twitter at okfabian facebook instagram all that stuff love to hear your thoughts on what went down on monday night raw so again, Madison Square Garden, the home of Monday Night Raw for the first time in a decade. Surprisingly, they decided to start off with the Stone Cold Steve Austin contract signing. Now, truth be told, I figured that the Stone Cold segment with, with the contract signing was going to be in one of three places. Obviously, it was either going to be the middle, the beginning, or the end of the show. Um, I did not think they were going to do it at the beginning. If, 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 I had, if you had to put a gun to my head and say which segment of the show would Stone Cold Steve Austin show up at, I did not necessarily, I would, I would have picked maybe middle or end, but I did not expect them to kick things off. Needless to say, my prediction from yesterday's show definitely came true and held true in and of itself that Stone Cold Steve Austin received the loudest pop of the night. Now, Austin, of course, uh, goes into a... Um, uh, cutting a promo about his moderation duties for his contract signing between Seth and Braun. Uh, and, of course, Braun, he introduces Braun Strowman coming out first. He offers Austin a handshake, but Austin refuses and instead introduces Seth Rollins and then decides to shake their hand. It's very strange. Anyway, Seth comes down and starts talking and says nobody's stabbing anybody in the back, but after Clash of Champions, he's going to be still going to be Universal Champion. And Strowman says he ain't turning his back on Seth. He actually likes being Tag Team Champion, but he's going to love being Universal Champion. And to quote one of the greatest of all time, I'm going to open up a can of whoop-ass and you're going to get these hands. And of course, 
it doesn't take long for AJ and the OC to come in and uh, and uh, ruin the entire ceremony. Styles gets on the mic and says, this is a moment. Stone Cold's back in Madison Square Garden. This may be a funny thing coming from him, but the OC doesn't want none. They don't want the rattlesnake all riled up further. This is all Steve's fault, and he needs to stay out of their business. Eventually, the OC attacks Braun, uh, but uh, attacks, but Braun runs Carl Anderson. Luke Gallows off. Seth almost handles AJ, but a- Styles sidesteps and ends up taunting in front of Stone Cold. And, of course, we get the traditional Stone Cold center onto AJ Styles. And Stone Cold celebrates with a beer bash to leaves us and send us off into the commercial break. I felt like we should, maybe this is just me. Maybe this is just my own um, blasé, like naivete, if you want to call it. But I felt there was going to be so much more from this. And I, I, I know what they're doing. I know why they're doing it. I understand. But at the same time, it's just, if Stone Cold Steve Austin on Raw, what, like... You have a golden opportunity. Austin does not really do many WWE appearances anymore. I know. He was part of Raw Reunion recently. I, I know. I'm well aware. But generally speaking, you don't get the rattlesnake that often. I figure, and okay, cool. You did get the you know the, the AJ Styles stunner. I figured someone was going to get stunned. Um, I'm kind of hoping Braun Strowman, but eh, beggars can't be choosing. Uh, they got the pop. They got the what, what they wanted. I just kind of wish there was more to it than this. If anything else, I wish there was more tension between Strowman and Seth Rollins. You guys heard me talk about this yesterday on the preview show where I said that the build for this has been so mediocre and so rushed that, you know, in ring-wise, I'm actually looking forward to Seth and Braun, but, man, the build going into this has been absolutely horrific. They're either, like, friends or they're not. I mean, they've barely, and I do mean barely tease the tension between the two of them. Unless this is carrying on into Hell in a Cell in some way, shape, or form, which we'll talk about later on in the week when we get to the Clash of Champions predictions. I, I don't know what... I, I, come on! Like, it just... Ah! And the fact that you have Austin, who who could really be a huge person to rile the whole thing up and really be an instigator and really do some damage, he doesn't even have to stun anybody. He could just be that jerk who just poses questions like, uh, oh, well, you know... Ron clipped you, Seth, and da, da 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 And you know Austin's motto, DTA, don't trust anyone, and then walk away. J- just saying, it could have been, might have been a good idea to, to use him in that capacity. I would have used him, but maybe that's just me. Love to hear what you guys have to say about it. That being said, they actually rolled right from commercial into, well, AJ Styles' match. He gets stunned, and he goes right into a match. And yes, it's him versus Cedric Alexander, and Alexander is hot right out the gates, taking Styles to the floor and working him over. They get back inside. It goes for a quick cover. AJ, though, does recover. Throat thrust, and Cedric nails him with a neutralizer, but Styles comes back with a comeback as we head to another break. We come back, and, and Alexander's just hammering Styles with punches uh, to escape the hole, but AJ hits a roundhouse kick. Michinoku driver, of course, then Anderson gets involved in the entire OC, beat down Cedric Alexander, and the match is unfortunately thrown out. So, of course, Cedric wins via DQ, but surprisingly, some Viking experience comes in as the Viking Raiders uh, come in to make the save. Eric lays out Styles with a knee. They beat heels up and the, hit the Viking experience on Machine Gun Carl Anderson. Um, of course, we all know where this is leading up to. Later on in the evening, they do announce a intriguing 10-man tag team match as the main event where it's Braun Strowman, Cedric Alexander, Seth Rollins, and the Viking Raiders taking on the team of Dolph Ziggler, Robert Roode, and the entire OC, so AJ Styles and Gallows. Um, now, I, I kind of... <sighs> I have mixed feelings about the 10-man tag finish. 
the 10 man tag finish uh well I'll, I'll get to the 10 man tag build in a little bit later on when we get to the main event but i felt like we we're kind of robbed of the cedric alexander aj styles match which was really really damn fun but I understand the, why they need to do that because, well, if AJ beat Cedric Alexander after receiving a Stone Cold Stunner, it doesn't really bode too well for Cedric. So at the very least, Cedric is at least getting some sort of push slash rub for the thing. So I can't say it was all in bad taste. Um, but just takes the focus away of the build for the ah, you guys. I'm I'm dead record. I'm beating right beating a dead horse. Just, Go, ah, getting frustrated. Anyway, let's move on. Let's move on to something that was actually very fun and very positive. Um, we actually see uh, Roman Reigns making his entrance and says almost a year ago, uh, he of course made the announcement of his battle with leukemia and in return to took a leave. But that, but that night we all gave him the strength to heal. And when he made his return, it was with love and strength that gave him the strength to change his goals and his perspective. More with this platform, he wants to use his power to pay it forward. So over the last few months, he's had the opportunity to visit pediatric cancer hospitals around the country. The fact he knew he was going to be here two nights in a row... He wanted to see those kids again, but why Why? Why go to them when he can bring them to us? So of course, he brings out a bunch of kids who are battling uh, pediatric cancer. Very nice, humble moment. Very enjoyable. Um, I mean, obviously, wish well for the children, but just glad to see Roman Reigns doing something of that nature. Say what we will about Roman Reigns, but um, you got to give him some, some props for doing that. We then move on to a four horsewomen match. Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair against the Boss and Hug Connection. I'm sorry, guys. I'm not really going to spend a whole heck of a lot of time on this because I truthfully um, did not care for this match. I really didn't. There just seemed like it was just um, awkward moment after bump after just it just dragged on way too long. And, and again, the thing that I was kind of surprised at at the end of the day was the fact that they they even did this match. That they even did this match with the idea of, um, you know, with Becky going up against uh, Sasha and Bailey going up against Charlotte. I do say that the finish with Charlotte pinning Bailey um, sort of needed to happen. On one end, they needed to have something to go into this, um, going into the build, and hopefully SmackDown tonight will do a better job of building this up, going into Clash of Champions. But just, I really didn't like the match. It wasn't so much a horrible match. I just didn't care for it. And the biggest thing was, like I said, it took way too much time. I'm all for the women giving solid time and giving them more time on the air. But even, even then, it's just a bit It's just a bit too much. It's just too much for me. Um, Charlotte got the win with the natural selection on Bailey. Uh, a couple of cool moves, though. I did see, um, you know, Moonsault. Uh, from the queen, but of course, boss breaks it up. The finish, like I said, was uh, Bailey running up for a diving uh, top for a diving elbow. Knees are up, lying away. Banks runs interference. Bailey thinks fast with the schoolboy, but no good. Flair gets right in there with a natural selection. Um, like I said, fine with the finish with Charlotte getting the pin on on Bailey. I think it kind of needed to happen to get something rolling with this. Um, but uh, just not my cup of tea. Not my cup of tea this evening, ladies and gentlemen. Not my cup of tea. But anyway, we get uh, we get backstage. We run into the OC with an interview. AJ Styles takes issue with the interview, saying that they run this place and if New York doesn't like it. But then, of course, Ziggler and Rude come in, saying they could run the place if they all work together. And, of course, that leads us to that announcement of the 10-man tag. I will say one match that I definitely was very interested in looking forward to and I was not disappointed was Grand Metalik versus Rey Mysterio. This was 
awesome. I was pumped and excited about this match. Now, this match was not necessarily all the crazy luchador um, styles that you would expect from Grand Metalik and Rey Mysterio, but it did have a lot of them sprinkled throughout. It wasn't intensely heavy, but there was a lot of great athleticism and great ability. Uh, no real shock and surprise that Rey got the win with the pinfall with a diving splash, but I'm telling you, if there's one matchup you're going to watch this evening, I definitely recommend this one. Maybe the King of the Ring finals, which uh, semifinals, which we'll get into in a minute, but definitely you need to watch Grand Metalik, Rey Mysterio. Um, I'm not trying to be disrespectful here. I got a lot of now they're both luchadors. I got a lot of psychosis, Rey Mysterio, ECW vibes from this matchup, seeing two luchadors go at it. And seriously, when was the last time we saw two luchadors going at it in the ring, like on WWE programming? I cannot legitimately remember the last time we saw not two masked wrestlers, I'm not doing a Kane versus Rey Mysterio thing, but two luchadors one-on-one -on -one in a WWE ring. Maybe the Cruiserweight Classic, maybe NXT. I can't seem to recall. Maybe you guys can let me know in the comments. But really a fun match. I don't want to spoil too much other than obviously Ray got the win. He uh, you know, helped Grand Mental League to his feet and showed him a bit of respect and good sportsmanship. This is kind of what uh, I heard a rumor and rumbling that WWE was looking to produce and push newer talent now. And uh, things like this involving Cedric Alexander in the main event scene, I am really all for. Because I've been telling you guys for a while, those 205 Live guys are tearing it up on a weekly basis, and I just wish they had a bigger, better platform, and it seems like maybe, just maybe, slowly but surely, they're able to, uh, they're going to be able to do so, so really fun matchup, Mysterio with the win, I'm telling you, you go check it out for sure. Hey everyone, I just want to remind you to make sure you check out the awesome people over at Anchor.fm. Of course, it is a great place for you to host your own podcast, and guess what? One of the cool parts is that it's totally free. Yeah, that's right, free. There's even creation tools that allow you to record and edit your own podcast right from your computer or even your phone, and Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many others. Trust me, it's so easy, and you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. If you guys want to get in on it, make sure you download the free Anchor app or just simply go to anchor.fm to get started. So, of course, uh, back commercial, we, we mentioned that 10-man tag. We see the backstage of the Street Profits are all hyping it up. Uh, this week, of course, they uh, recount the last few weeks of Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan's issue from SmackDown. But we get ready for Samoa Joe as he makes his entrance as we're ready for that triple threat semifinal main event matchup, uh, semifinal King of the Ring matchup. Baron Corbin, Ricochet, and Samoa Joe. I don't know why I was sounding like I had a lisp there, but yes, Ricochet, Baron Corbin, and Samoa Joe. This one was just right. This one was, I still say Grand Metal League and Rey Mysterio was a tad bit better, but this, this King of the Ring triple threat was just as fun. I, I had a lot of fun watching this matchup. Um... Again, like I said in the preview, a lot of different styles, different uh, abilities going at it. Um... We saw Ricochet going for like a Frankensteiner off the top apron, but Corn catching him and slinging him into the ring post, which was a beautiful move. Uh, we saw a lot of, uh, you know, Joe bringing up the pinfalls and hitting Kakina Clutch on Baron Corbin. Uh, we see Corbin dragging and kicking around. He gets rammed in the barricade, and then uh, Ricochet hits the kickflip moonsault onto both of them. They go back inside. 630 Centon Joe moves out of the way. Kina Clutch gets cut off. Uh, Rico connects uh, up top, 630 Centon, but Corbin pulls him out of the ring and throws him over the barricade. And, of course, Baron Corbin gets the pinfall victory here after a lateral press advancing to the finals. And, of course, he has to because he's Baron Corbin, poses with the King of the Ring uh, outfit and uh, crown, or crown and uh, 
thrown over over the rings uh the entryway area really had a fun one this i definitely say was in my opinion not maybe the best match of the night but if there was a number two match you wanted to watch it was definitely gonna be this one this was a fun one uh no real shock and surprise that baron corbin got the victory on this one uh i said that it's gonna be i still think it's gonna be corbin and gable in the finals we'll find out tonight on smackdown as we get those last two uh, semi-final match, or sorry, the last semi-final match, too. the last semi-final match between Elias and Chad Gable tonight on SmackDown. We'll see how that all plays out in the end. Lacey Evans and Natalia, unfortunately, the women go 0-2 in my opinion this week. Another matchup that just really wasn't that fantastic. It's nothing against Natalia. It's nothing against Lacey Evans. These two women have put on great matches in the past, but for whatever reason, this was just not their night natalia getting the victory via the sharpshooter onto lacey evans uh, again it just makes me wonder what they're gonna really do with the whole with 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 either one of these women i heard rumblings that natalia was gonna retire maybe we might see them getting shuffled around during the draft uh the rumor draft that's taking place next month which if you guys haven't heard the rumors about it make sure you check out the random wrestling podcast from this past sunday break down all the details and the rumors going down about what's going down with that in the next couple of or next month or so in in at least that's what's being rumored, but okay match, just it wasn't, unfortunately, not really, um, again, not my cup of tea. We saw, um, you know, Lacey smashing Natty's face into the mat cover over and over again, throwing her handkerchief, but of course, um, Natty counters a boot, and of course, capitalized by hitting that submission, uh, that sharpshooter submission, easy for me to say this late in the evening, oh boy. Anyway, we get back from commercial once again, and we see another recap of a fun 24-7 championship moment from earlier, which, of course, uh, we see someone from uh, from the NBA who used to play in uh, New York and now plays for the Boston Celtics, winning the 24-7 title from R-Truth. And then, of course, R-Truth just rolls them up and pins them again. I'm telling you, it's stuff like this that's going to get them a lot of mainstream attention. Like, if they're willing to have celebrities and major athletes win the 24-7 title, um, which I'm all in favor of, it's just going to give them more mainstream publicity. Uh, I think that's a smart move to just kind of have fun with it. I mean, it's the 24-7 title. I think at this point in time, we should all know what to expect with it. But you know what I mean? But anyway, now comes, of course, one of my favorite segments of Raw. It's the segments of Raw. It's, it's this particular show on Monday Night Raw that always puts a smile on my face. We're talking, of course, the Firefly Funhouse. Now, it uh, begins with Bray Wyatt doing an accent when, of course, Rambling Rabbit comes in and starts yelling about Stranger Danger. Uh, to which Bray asks if he means Stone Cold Steve Austin. Mercy says that the strangers are bad people and White always, you know, always stops them. And all the puppets starts yelling about stranger danger and Stone Cold and all this. And so finally, uh, Bray Wyatt trying to tell him to, sh to be quiet and finally just yells at them to all be quiet. And of course, Sister Abigail then says, well, fortunately, my, uh, my uh, clock's been broken ever since that menacing Stone Cold came around. And of course, flashing 316. And Bray goes, here. Let me help you with that. Smashes it with a hammer and places it down, to which the clock says 1119. Now, interestingly enough, uh, put a pin in that for a second. We'll get back to that in just a second. Uh, <laughs> he then continues and says, well, you know, um, all the people the Fiend has attacked took something from him in a past life. But Steve's just a rattlesnake. Um, and strangers are just friends you haven't met yet, but friends won't help them where they're going. Friends forgive, but the fiend never forgets. Says he'll see you in hell and waves a happy goodbye to close out the Firefly Funhouse segment. Couple things to note about that. There's a couple, there's a very big key phrase there uh, that he said is that all the people the fiend has attacked took something from him in a past life. Now, that's key because 
we we tend to think that the attacks were just random that he's just attacking uh Finn Balor he's just attacking uh Mick Foley he's just attacking Kurt Angle for no no reason whatsoever but there there's there's rhyme and reason to to the Fiend's attacks which I really like to hear the second one this is something I actually tweeted out that a lot of people actually brought to my attention on Twitter uh during after the segment was over was the 1119. Now, those of you who don't know, Raw and SmackDown this week are both emanating from Madison Square Garden, and one of the big things announced for tonight's SmackDown Live is the return of The Undertaker. Now, this might be a bit of a stretch and maybe me looking into places where things don't need to be, but Bray Wyatt is not the type of person who just does things for no reason. There's a reason that that clock was changed from 316 to 1119. And no, it's not because of how long Raw was, but one thing that a lot of people pointed out to me on social media was 11:19 is the date of The Undertaker's debut in WWF. Now, I know what a lot some of you have already said to me on social media, technically The Undertaker debuted publicly in front of the entire world at Survivor Series of 1990, which took place on I believe it was November 21st or 22nd which technically is true. But if you really want to get into the semantics and deep dive into the history of this, The Undertaker technically debuted at a tapings of Superstars on November 19, Undertaker is going to be at SmackDown tomorrow. It's in Madison Square Garden. Both Raw and SmackDown crews are going to be there. Bray's have, Bray has shown up on both Raw and SmackDown. And The Fiend's attacking something that people have taken from them in the past life. The Undertaker certainly has taken a lot from Bray Wyatt in the past life. Methinks that The Fiend will attack the dead man t tonight on SmackDown Live. That's my bold prediction for SmackDown tonight. We'll see. Maybe I'm wrong, and maybe you guys feel differently about it. Again, another Firefly se segment knocked out of the park. But maybe I'm reading a little too, in intimate, too much into it. You guys can let me know in the comments and on social media. Of course, we have our main event, this 10-man tag, Strowman, Alexander, Rollins, and the Viking Raiders against Rude Ziggler and the OC. Not a bad 10-man tag. You know, the 10-man tags and the giant, like, 8 or uh, the giant 6, 8, or 10-man tag team matches, I don't mind in small doses. You do them every once in a while. Um, they're great little, like, kind of, like, epic, like, all-star ones where you kind of cram a lot of the major rivalries into one matchup and kind of have, just have a little fun with it. I don't mind those matches every once in a while. The problem I have with them is when you do them on like two to three weeks uh, on both Raw and SmackDown back to back, that's when I start to have a problem with them. Here, no problem. Did it really interest me or intrigue me that much? Not so much, but there was some other interactions that just, uh, that did kind of intrigue me. I felt like where we got robbed of the Cedric Alexander AJ Styles match, this match sort of made up for it, but not necessarily. Um, no real shock and surprise that once again the baby faces come out on top, but uh, I did love the finish. The finish was fantastic. Uh, we see Eric tagging himself in with a huge exploder onto Ziggler, hip tossing a knee on Rude, Styles gets the Pele kick, Ivar tags in. Seated Senton out of the corner. Warbeard fires up, headed big top. Big man Senton onto uh, onto the team. Cedric then gets legal. AJ gets a boot up. Forearm from the apron. Springboard countered into a lumbar check. And Cedric gets the pin on AJ Styles. Babyface is celebrating. Of course, out comes Stone Cold to do a big old Austin beer bash to close out tonight's Monday Night Raw. So a couple things from that 10-man tag, the big one being that Cedric pinning AJ Styles. Don't be surprised, folks, if we see Cedric getting a shot at that U.S. title 
at Clash of Champions because of that. I had a feeling that they were going to kind of segue that from the singles match later on, but maybe they did that to kind of swerve us and maybe po you know push away the idea of waiting to see AJ and Cedric at the Clash of the Champions pay-per-view. Raw, in general, if you guys have watched me long enough or listened to me long enough, you guys know that I do judge go-home shows pretty damn harshly because to me, the idea of a go-home show is that it is your last attempt. It is your last chance to be able to sell me on a pay-per-view. And Raw did not do that. Raw, I felt like, heavily relied too much on two main things, one of them being Stone Cold Steve Austin and the other being the fact that they were in Madison Square Garden. And don't get me wrong. I'm glad they were going back to the garden. We haven't seen them in the garden in a long time. It's a special moment. It's a special location. You know, host of WrestleMania, SummerSlams, historical moments in pro wrestling history. The very first Stone Cold Stunner was taking place there. And I love me some Stone Cold. You know, he got the biggest pop of the night, the biggest reaction. Who doesn't love a good old-fashioned Stone Cold beer bash? It's fantastic. You gotta love it. But it didn't do anything for me as far as selling this pay-per-view. Now, you look at what's going down at Clash of Champions on the Raw side, right? You've got the Raw Women's title, Becky Lynch versus Sasha Banks, which in and of itself has some pretty decent build. I'd say probably out of everything right now, the biggest build going into the pay-per-view on the Raw side. Uh, you've got Strowman and Rollins against Rude and Ziggler for the Raw Tag Team titles. We have presumably Cedric Alexander and AJ Styles for the U.S. And your main event, or your supposed main event, is Braun Strowman and Seth Rollins for the Universal Championship. The flagship show, unfortunately, in my opinion, failed to deliver on a lot of aspects. That's not to say that there weren't things about Raw that I didn't enjoy. The 10-man tag was good for what it was. The finish itself phenomenal. Firefly Funhouse once again knocks it out of the park. And some interesting, more cryptic messages within it with Bray Wyatt leaving that. Grand Metz League versus Rey Mysterio was something you definitely need to watch if you're going to watch anything from Raw. And, of course, the other matchup with uh, the Triple Threat to King of the Ring... Uh, semifinals does make me a little hopeful considering what we might see on the blue side of things later on this evening for SmackDown Live. So it's not that Raw was overall terrible, but it definitely did not live up to the hype that they put into Raw um, with a lot of the matches pre-announced. Unfortunately, I felt like the women didn't do that great of a job and there was just a lot of scatterbrain things going on. Like, don't get me wrong, Grand Metalik and Rey Mysterio is my favorite match, but what did it really do to advance anything else? I mean, true, Rey Mysterio came out of retirement, but we didn't really see any advancement of the storyline. Lacey Evans and Natalia was kind of the same idea. Like, I don't, unless I maybe missed a, a moment of them having a rivalry, it didn't really do anything for me either, and the match kind of under-delivered. So, unfortunately, while there was a, there were some good things about Raw this week, overall, I really didn't care for the show. And it sucked because I had a lot of hype and, and uh, intriguing anticipation going into it, but I think me thinks after Clash of Champions, and we'll talk about this later week on the, on the show, we might have some better opportunity for things. But... That's just my opinion, guys. I want to hear what you guys thought of Monday Night Raw. Let me know your thoughts, guys, in the comment section. What do you guys think is going to happen on SmackDown Live tonight? Hit me up in the comment section and on various social media, the Twitter, the Facebook, the Instagram, all that fun stuff. Don't forget, guys, we'll be back here tomorrow, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, as we're going to review all the shenanigans from SmackDown as they attempt their go-home show. And let's hope that they do a little bit better compared to their Monday night counterpart. Thank you guys, for, uh, thank you guys again for tuning in. I appreciate the continued love and support. Check out the merch. Check out the Patreon page. All the links are in the description. Thank you so much for watching, and we'll see you guys tomorrow talking all things SmackDown. Take care, and as always, take it easy.
Thanks for listening. Make sure to watch the OK Fabe Show. Follow him on Twitter at OK Fabe and like over on Facebook.com slash OK Faber. This is the OK Fabe Show.